0: wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. Last week, we had Kevin and Nikki McPherson. They were on the show talking about Nikki's whitetail hunting and the nine years it took her to kill a racked buck.
1: And there's something really special about going back to camp and having Larry Wysoon sit there with Nikki and score their buck together.
0: Texas has a lot of animals to hunt, but Florida, you've got a lot of things that you can catch as far as fish go.
1: Oh, our, our fishing's incredible. And it's sort of like Texas. We get
2: some of the exotics. Some of
1: the exotics, but in the fish. Peacock bass. Sunny bass. pacu's, And there's clown knife fish.
0: So y'all also have bullseye snakeheads down there, right?
1: And they're always in the super shallow, you know, six inch, one foot deep water. Well, we had thrown it up on the bank. When we came back, fish was gone because apparently they breathe air. Fish walked its way back into the water. Yeah. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins.
0: Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, we are back with another episode of Hunting Day. And last week we had Kevin and Nikki McPherson, and they were on the show talking about Nikki's journey through whitetail hunting and the nine years it took her to kill a racked buck. As you listen to that story, you were drawn into it, and the the way that it ends, it's it's amazing because she ends up killing three amazing mature whitetails Two in Georgia, one in Texas, and she touched a little bit about her Texas buck, but I want her to go into depth and dive into detail into this.
2: So we, Kevin and I were hunting together because two nights before Kevin had shot his Texas buck, so now um, Kevin had switched to hunting with me. And Joe Reed puts us in the stand and he's like, we've been seeing a chocolate horn. Um, nine point. Nine point there. He's like, if he shows up, let me know what you think. Like, so we're like, <clears> okay.
1: And, uh, and then he also tells us, hey, and there's also a 10 point. That's a young buck, but he's huge. So he said, you know, if you see this, sir, he describes this 10 point to me, he said, you know, be careful that, you know, he may look like a shooter, but he's not. Okay. yeah."
2: And so a chocolate horn deer come out and I liked him. I was like, oh, can I, like I was getting excited and Kevin's like, wait, I don't think that's the one I Joe like, Reed. I was would like, I us. don't think
1: that's the deer that he's talking about. And, and she's sitting there pouting because she's mad that <laughs> you know, I'm telling her not to shoot it. And she's like, what if this is my chance and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm
2: like what if this is the biggest one that I'm going to see this whole week? And you're sitting here telling me no. Yeah. So He's texting Joe Reed, and I'm looking through the binoculars because a lot of the times when I'm hunting and I'm just watching deer, I like just to learn about them. So I'm just watching him through the binoculars. And all of a sudden, the buck that I ultimately ended up shooting was walking directly behind him, and his horns were double the width of of the original chocolate one that I was watching.
1: She, she hits me and goes, much bigger deer coming in. <laughs> and I looked up at the deer, and basically grabbed the binoculars out of her hand and I said get your gun up and i looked i looked at him and i go you need to shoot that deer and then i go wait 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 wait." he said something about a big 10 point <laughs> and to be careful so I, I look at him look at him and i'm like there's no way that this is what he's describing you could see the how old he is yeah um those big donkey ears um so i said you know you need to shoot this deer
2: so, I get my gun up, and as I go to shoot, he quarters, and um, he when I shot, he looked like a gut shot deer. He just slowly walked away.
1: Yeah, he just put his tail down, and kind of lunged forward, and then just slowly walked away. Oh,
0: man. And-
2: he first, Kevin first thought that I missed, so he was just like, oh, you missed. And then and- I was
1: like, no, 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 you hit him, but I was like, I think you've got shot him. So I'm looking at my binoculars, watching them run off, and as soon as I said that, I put the binoculars down and look at her, and she's crying hysterically <laughs> already, thinking that, you know, she wounded the steering Oh, man.
0: Well, yeah. that's, you know, when they tuck their tail and walk off like that, that's a almost a for sure sign that they've been gut shot, so... I yeah. can understand why you would have thought that.
1: <laughs> so I, I called I called Joe and he said, you know, wait, you know, we'll wait an hour. And uh, he showed up and I described the deer to him, to him. And now he's nervous that we shot the young 10 point that he was talking about. <laughs> so <clears throat> we start looking and there's no blood.
2: There and wasn't a drop. Not
1: a drop of blood. We find where he kicked. And yeah. we start looking along, and the deer only went maybe 50 yards and piled over. Yeah, She had hit him be- right behind the front shoulder, but it came out his guts. Okay. So he had, I, I guess that's why he acted the way he did. Yeah. And then once he saw the deer it was, you know, the deer was ancient. I think they aged him at seven or eight years old. Man. So, And
2: that was from Larry
1: Wysoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry Wysoon aged and uh, scored our deer. So I feel very confident. That,
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, that's <laughs> But I think uh, it was 145 inch um, ten point with a yeah. with a kicker, so it was an 11. And what was it, 23 and a half inches?
2: It was 21 and a half inside spread, 23
1: outside. That's just, a, just wide, just massive. Yeah.
0: That's like the ideal deer, right? If you could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you could build a deer, that's the deer that you would build. So that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations on that buck. I was excited when I saw the picture come up on Facebook. <laughs>
1: And there's something really special about going back to camp and having Larry Wysoon, um sit there with Nikki and score their buck together. <laughs> yeah. That's just something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life.
0: That's amazing. That is amazing. So you all are from South Florida or you live in South Florida. So yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube videos on fishing and hunting that are based in Florida and similar to Texas that, you know, Texas has a lot of animals to hunt, but Florida, you've got a lot of things that you can catch as far as fish go, because you've got saltwater and freshwater pretty much within, you know, an hour of any direction of you, right?
1: Oh, our fishing is incredible. Yeah. And, uh, and it's sort of like Texas that, um,
2: we get some of the exotics, some of the
1: exotics, but in fish. Yeah. So there's a, a chain of lakes, um, not far from us that has um
2: peacock bass
1: peacock bass sunny bass which is a striper hybrid okay there's even some some pakus which are like similar to like a, they almost look like a piranha if you look a picture of them up um, and then the
2: clown knife fish
1: and there's clown knife fish clown I, knife fish
0: i saw you just caught one and that yes. that is on my list like that oh that that is that like is high place. on my list
1: there's one place in the United States that you can get them, and it's in one small chain of lakes in South Florida that we happen to live next to. That's and, awesome. Um,
2: They're really cool. They get huge, and they swim backwards, which is kind of a neat feature Like when you're trying to net them.
1: Yeah, when you when you uh, hook them, they jump like tarpon, and mm-hmm. when you go to net them, they swim like an eel in reverse. They're yeah. one of the only fish that can do it. So when you go to net them, they literally they put it in reverse and, <laughs> and swim out of the net. That's... So they're like they're they're really wicked looking if you've never seen one. They're like a slender silver fish, and uh, you know what are they probably twenty something inches long at times, and they can get up to ten twelve pounds. Yeah, and, uh, but they're real skinny, so they look you know they look way bigger than they they actually weigh.
0: Okay, but um,
1: they're they're a lot of fun to catch. And then when we target those, the bycatch is peacock bass and largemouth. So. Nice. You know, we'll go out. You know, we'll go out <laughs> chasing these clowns and and catch a cot pile of peacocks, which I know is a big deal for
2: peacocks. Are my favorite
1: people that do, are live out of state. You know, I know that's something a lot of people like to target because yeah. they're a warm water fish and um, yeah, you know, they're not any further north than Lake Okeechobee. So
0: okay, now how how do the clown knife fish taste?
1: So we catch and release. We catch and release pretty much all our freshwater fish. Okay um saltwater fish on the other hand about anything that's all we keep
0: absolutely yeah, but uh I,
1: I i think it's kind of it's probably not as serious but a, a lot of people growing up talk about the canals and, and our waterways being polluted okay so there's like some concern about the mercury levels but i think with the in my eyes they're such like a sport fish the peacocks and, and clowns that you know, we enjoy catching them so much, so that's why we try to we try to always release them. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, that makes but sense. But I
1: have seen uh, videos online that the clowns are not very good to eat. Gotcha. I, know, I know the peacocks are, <laughs> and uh, some of the other freshwater fish, but the video I saw, the guy described it as the consistency of mashed potatoes. Oh. And he was using a spoon to scoop the meat off of the uh, filet. No. Like he was, that's how how mushy it is. So they're making crab cakes or something. (laughs) That that would be a
0: pass. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So y'all also have bullseye snakeheads down there, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, I actually work for the drainage district. So I'm, I'm looking at canals all day long and they're always in the super shallow, you know, six inch, one foot deep water, like the nastiest looking canals is you'll find them. Yeah. And, and they get huge. You know, and I'm probably seeing them every day, and and, and that's one of the fish that's kind of uh, controversial, because some people enjoy the sporting aspect of them and want to release them, and some people are seeing yeah. what they're doing to our largemouth yeah. and, you know, want to kill them all. So I'm kind of stuck somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> by them.
0: So we have the northern snakehead up here, in the, uh it used to be isolated to just the Potomac River. But now they've spread through the Chesapeake Bay to just about every tributary that feeds the Chesapeake Bay. And initially it was a kill. Um, but now right. Maryland says you can release it back into the same spot that you caught it, which has promoted a lot of people moving them. And I think that might be why they've spread so much. Now yeah, That's what
1: our same, our same rule is. Okay. You you can release them in the same body of water you caught them is how I think the law is written.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, so what used to be, you know, the bass fishermen hated them. Now they love them because they are such a sport, like a sporting fish. And, you know, we'll see them sometimes. I think the Maryland state record's 19 pounds and the Virginia state record's like 18 pounds. And so I like to bowfish them. And, okay. uh, we, we haven't done it in probably maybe three years now, which was hoping to be able to go and do some this, uh, past spring. But with work, we, uh, we were unable to do so, but no, they, they are a very delicious eating fish. We just got to be careful on, you know, how much you eat at a time and yeah. things like that. I've
1: because, heard that they are very good too. Yeah.
0: They're very white flaky. They remind me of like a walleye or a crappie. Okay. And so they they make really good fillets. You can grill them, fry them, bake them. Pretty much how however you would eat a normal or a regular fish, you could eat these. And uh, but they uh, what people used to hate now they love them. And now all the anglers (laughs) get mad at you if you post a picture with a snakehead with an arrow sticking out of (laughs) it. And you're like just five years ago, you wanted every one of them dead, but now you like <laughs> catching them so much, like make up your mind. <laughs> right. And
1: you know, it's interesting. I remember when I was a kid that we didn't have them. And I remember a friend of mine catching the first one when we were maybe 10 years old. And uh, you know, we're like, what is this thing? And their bait shop that was in my dad's neighborhood, uh, it was really convenient. We had a little local bait shop that we could ride our bikes to. Yeah. And the guy playing what the fish was, well, we had, thrown it up on the bank, and uh, when we came back, the fish was gone because apparently they breathe air. Yeah. So so the fish, we, we were like, you know, we were told to kill this fish. We threw it on the bank. We come back, and the fish walked its way back into the water. Yeah.
0: Well, so, like, when we shoot them, um, a lot of times we'll shoot them in water that they're we'll, – we'll shoot them in shallow water on an outgoing tide, but a lot of times they'll be on, like, a mud flat. They're not even in water or they're barely in water. And you're like, how is this even possible? But they... We've shot them. And then we try to gill them, take, you know, kill them. But even still, you'll open up the cooler and you're like, how's this thing still alive? Because at that point in time, it was a kill. You couldn't release them. And you're like, I don't want to find for this thing because I I plan on eating it, you know. But yeah so we got to where we were trying to cut the heads off of them just to make sure that they were dead,
1: <laughs> yeah, and yet uh, I think about two weeks ago, um, at, at work, I saw a mom snakehead that had probably about thirty babies. I don't know if you saw that picture. I saw that but I she she was sitting there where she had them kind of corralled, and I kept seeing that school of fish and didn't know what didn't know what they were, and then saw there was actually the there was two of them there. Two snakeheads. One would take off whenever I would walk by. So So it looked like the mom would sit there corralling them.
0: Yeah. They're, to my knowledge, they're like the only species of fish that both parents will stay with the fry ball until they're old enough to be on their own. Really? Yeah. So they'll, they'll like, they'll swim around them. I mean, some fish will come in and get what they can, but for the most part, they guard them all the way through uh, until they're, I don't want to say mature, but. Big enough to not be eaten by other fish.
1: Yeah, these fish are probably three, four inches, maybe even a little bigger than that. Yeah, which is I was kind of surprised to see them still, still guarding
0: them. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, and they're mean, aggressive when when they're around a fry ball. So if you had a lure and you threw it right in the middle of that fry mm-hmm. ball, you'd have caught them. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard that too.
0: Yeah. Nice. So but what? Yeah, there's
1: so there's there's so many different opportunities down here. You know, so we have. Yeah, We have the Everglades is, is maybe 20 minutes from us. And then we have that chain of lakes is about a half hour. And then uh, mm-hmm. lately we've been driving to the West Coast and doing a lot of backcountry uh, saltwater fishing in like Chukalusky, uh Everglades City area, Southwest Florida. Okay. It's and- a,
2: that's a really neat area. That's... Um-
1: the 10,000 islands it's basically yeah. untouched it's all like mangrove forests yeah um, nice. it's part of the everglades
2: <clears throat> national park and it's where the everglades meets salt water and it's a really really neat area Yeah,
1: it's all protected so there's no like homes and and, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff the island that you actually launch the boat out of is a little half mile wide island and there's nothing in any direction around it um so we target uh, snook and redfish and trout
0: nice
1: <clears throat> and uh um, snappers and stuff like that and then we do a lot of uh, offshore fishing too with, with some friends of ours a lot of snapper fishing and that kind of stuff
0: that's a lot of fun we just did that out of Pensacola Beach and uh, I mean i I could do that every day going offshore fishing the reefs fishing different wrecks um so actually when i see you posting all these different pictures of all these fishing trips that y'all go on i'm i'm very jealous but i'm happy for you <laughs> but
1: uh you know it, it's cool because we're so close to it so you know we have the ocean so we could go to the other side the other the, the we live on the east coast we can go to the west coast and be there in two hours backcountry fishing yeah you know we have uh freshwater fishing 10 and minutes down the road and the oceans, 20 minutes, you know, to our east. So yeah. it's kind of like we have, we have a, a everything, you know, whatever kind of fishing you want to do. Yeah.
0: That's perfect.
1: You know, a couple of my yeah. friends, a couple of friends of mine went out last weekend and caught a giant swordfish right off our coast. So no way. You know, it's, it, it's, it's insane. So, you know, we, we pretty much have it all right here.
0: You do. You, you absolutely do. And, uh, so, so you mentioned Everglades. Do y'all go do any uh, snake like python uh, hunting?
1: We I've seen two pythons now, Um, but uh, I kind of want to do go with some people that know what they're doing to actually kind of find these things because it it, they disappear so quickly. Okay, Um, we were heading out gator hunting two years ago, and uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning. We were headed out and. We're coming down the dirt road, heading into this WMA and uh, out in the Everglades. And there was a python across the road that had to have been every bit of 10, maybe 8 to 10 feet. I mean, just huge.
2: And it was <laughs> one of those things where you didn't realize what it was until it was you were stick. on top of it or, or until like we were just about passing it.
1: So my friend's driving. I started yelling for him to stop because, you know, we want to kind of try to catch the thing. And by the time he stopped, we were driven way by it, and the snake, <laughs> the snake slithered into some chest-high grass, and none of us were going to go in there after it. I was right? going to say, if you went
0: in, <laughs>
1: props to you, because... Oh. And then I've seen another, uh, uh, maybe even a couple of them dead on the side of the road in that, that part of South, you know, uh, sort of South, middle, middle of the state, South Florida. You know, yeah. all around the Everglades, they're starting to spread. Yeah. You know, I used to kind of not believe whether or not there were really that many of them, but now it's, it's, it's become a problem. Yeah. No,
0: don't they have like a statewide or like a Everglades uh, competition, like a, like so many yeah, I days? Think,
1: I think they do. And there's, there's some people that, that are real serious about it and they've got mm-hmm. some dogs trained now that, that can sniff them out and stuff, so so it's, it's pretty neat. Something I want to do for sure. Yeah. I, I've, I it's would it's like to scary. try that.
0: I don't know that I would <laughs> yeah. want to make it something that I do regularly.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's more, I, they catch them year-round, but I think it's more of a wintertime thing because okay. they'll be a little slower. Yeah, I think well, they catch them out sunbathing and stuff. Yeah,
2: like in the winter, they, they want to catch as much sun, so you'll go out like at dawn or, or at dusk mostly um, when they're trying to get that last little, little bit of light, and they'll kind of hang out on the levees.
1: Okay. Yeah, a lot of guys yeah. drive the levees and stuff, and then uh, I think they do it off airboats and stuff too, but they, they they can hide so easily that, yeah. you know, even you could be on top of one and not see it. So, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure their technique, but.
0: There's a guy on Instagram, I think it's Python Cowboy. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, he's I he's love watching boy. his
0: reels. But so <laughs> do, are y'all around all the iguanas also?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I shot an iguana out of a tree two days ago.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I I see him at work every single day. I mean, I probably saw 50 iguanas this afternoon at work.
0: So, so I'm thinking that we do a trip, we come to Florida, right? And I'll, I'll wait till you've learned how to catch a python.
1: <laughs> and we need to do snakes, iguanas, and yeah, <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, if anything, I'll probably video you, go after the python and uh (laughs) but then i'll participate in the iguanas so
1: (laughs) yeah the iguanas it's kind of a a, it's kind of a gray area still um if you're on private your own property you can shoot them and we live in palm beach county and my dad lives in broward which is just south of us and he has them in his yard where we're just starting to get them along our canals but we don't ever see directly you know in our yard but I was over at my dad's this past weekend, and it's, it's kind of like the iguanas are so educated at his house that <laughs> as soon as they see somebody, they take off. Yeah. But, so we shoot them a lot at his place, but um, there's, I'm still trying to figure out the exact rules, but I believe you're allowed to go along the canals and shoot them with pellet guns yeah
2: i think fwc does want you to kill them um but but, all the
1: different cities and counties have different regulations on air rifles so it's kind of like you gotta be real careful yeah that you're not in the wrong spot right
2: and being you know in south florida and the city along cookie cutter neighborhoods you know they call a lot um you know if they see people like with their bb guns or whatever yeah um shouldn't Against the canal, yeah, that, you'll have
1: where the SWAT SWAT team shows up with ARs. Well, yeah. you're just riding a John boat shooting iguanas. <laughs> people wear like yellow vests, or they'll tape, um, they'll hang like orange ribbon off their their pellet guns and stuff to yeah. kind of like, hey, this is what's going on. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's funny. I was at my dad's, and there was one that was a big orange one, probably about six foot long, or you know, mm-hmm. one of those five six foot long giants. It's like a dragon. And, uh, I was talking to my stepmom and. I said, hey, look at that iguana. And I, I opened the door because they keep the pellet gun out on the uh, counter. She goes, you need to be uh, quicker than that. And then she said that I look up and the iguana's on its hind legs running away. And oh. this is, hits probably 50 yards from me where I heard the, the noise of the door cracking. Yeah. And take
0: off. They look goofy too when they run. That's.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and they swim great too. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: You
1: I'll can watch. catch
2: them too while you're fishing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> really? yeah we snag them well two things you can either snag them and they'll actually eat like a like a bass worm okay you know, like i've caught them with the texas rig weedless bass worm nice. you cast it in front of them they'll uh they'll reach up and grab it and eat it that's awesome so if you, you keep harassing them so <laughs> we've caught a few while we're out fishing just messing with them and stuff.
0: that's too funny so you literally could catch just about anything while you're fishing and Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did watch Tim Wells. He took his blowgun down there, that fish hawk blowgun that he's got, right. and he was shooting iguanas, and then he would reel them in with his uh with the reel that was on the blowgun.
1: Yeah, there's outfitters that do it, and it's become a big thing. Yeah, you know, I've seen. Uh, I think Keith Warren just did an episode on it too, where they're in Miami. So, yeah. So it's become. It used to be there was nobody doing it, and they've kind of caught on that. You know, there's a market for it. So and that Python cowboy guy, he gets piles of them.
0: Yeah. Just, I mean, it, you find rednecks that want to shoot something, kill something, <laughs> and then you can market it. That's that's how you become yeah. rich in, the, in America these days, is find something that <laughs> rednecks want to spend their money them. on.
1: <laughs> and, you know, to me, it's not even like we see them so much that yeah. it's it's not even something you know like it's like yeah i mean I, I caught two by hand that were you know pretty good size ones the other day at work So we're at work so we can't you know we get in trouble to than <laughs> any iguanas with you know people watching but uh we uh we caught a couple by hand and took pictures with them that's them awesome go.
2: And in the wintertime, they, you know, they they basically freeze so they'll go out in the sun and they, they just won't move. So you could easily catch them then. Oh, yeah.
1: If it's 50, 55 degrees out yeah um they'll come out on the banks and just you walk up and pick them up
2: yeah they'll fall they out can't. of trees or
1: they can't hang on anymore and yeah they literally that's like a it's a running joke but falling iguanas is a real thing yeah. I
0: saw that on the news uh, this past winter yeah. when that freeze came through like South Florida that was yeah. warning watch <laughs> for falling iguanas <laughs> yeah
1: because yeah, they, they stay up in the top of the trees to try to keep warm and then they just kind of fall out that's
0: awesome that's good stuff Got a question for you. This is something that I ask everybody that comes on the show here. If you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt?
1: Oh, For me, it'd have to be uh, moose in Alaska.
0: Ooh, yes. That's a good one. Would Dude, you... I think- how would you... Like, any preferred method? Bow, rifle, doesn't matter.
1: Probably rifle. So, we've just gotten into a thing that we are trying to do one guided hunt out of state every year. Yeah. So I've gotten to the point where I, I'm not ready to start doing archery hunts yet.
0: So okay. And that's like understandable. Our first,
1: yeah. Our first time for anything, I'm like, nope. we're going <laughs> to, we're not going to make this more hard. <laughs> <it is. laughs>
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, Nikki? What would you do?
2: I think that I would really love to hunt elk in the mountains, but okay. I would like to do like a horseback trip and then, you know, where they put the horns on your back and then <laughs> you're on the
0: horse. So you'd pack That's in. That's yeah. awesome.
1: That, yeah, I think that would be
0: oh, an amazing hunt. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're starting our uh, Wyoming preference point building now. So, nice. you know, hopefully we figure... <laughs> you know, the next decade or something, that's definitely going to be on the list. So.
0: That's, yeah. that'll be a fun hunt. And, uh, if you need any suggestions for Wyoming, just let me know. I've got a pretty big list of people that I could send you to that you'd have an amazing time hunting elk with. And, uh, okay. that'll be, I, I would, i look forward to that one because like any of the other hunts that you all have done, it's going to be epic. So yeah. moose in Alaska elk in Wyoming I love it I love it (laughs) all right well I appreciate you all being on for the last two weeks this has been fun I've had a really good time I hope you all have and I'm pretty sure our listeners are enjoying this so I just want to say thank you for being on if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you on Instagram what would be the best way to get a hold of you
2: Nikki underscore Macpherson
1: And I'm mullet Mac.
0: Mullet Mac. I love it. We need t-shirts. Mullet Mac (laughs) t-shirts. That's good stuff. Well, again, I appreciate you all being on. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, to all of our listeners, we appreciate your love and support. And keep hunting and doing what God calls you to do.
1: Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.